fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts Christiana Ellis, Chuch Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Welcome, everybody, to Season 5, Episode 1 of Specfic Media Presents Beyond the Wall. Tonight we're discussing the Season 5 premiere of Game of Thrones, titled The Wars to Come. I'm uh, Chooch. As (laughs) always, I'm joined by Christiana. Hello. And Nookchus. Hello. Unfortunately, Viv isn't with us. She's uh, on her way back from Dorne. She's going to give her a special report. Heard she was. What did she say? Um, oh, I blew it. <laughs> she little bird by Twitter a thing. <laughs> little bird Twitter joke thing that just totally mm. skipped my brain. Mm. <laughs> well, I was going to no. ask if we have overall opinions of the show, but we kind of did our reaction thing recording, yeah. so we already have. Well, that's okay. Not everybody will have necessarily seen that, and I don't think it oh, hurts true. to reiterate. Besides, now it's sunk in. We've had mm-hmm. a couple of days that's not immediate, right? Yes. Good point. My Good. opinion is about the same. Is what it was. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> you know, as as I said then, as I still feel now, um, it, it, you know, it's not an it's not a plot heavy episode, right? You know, I think as as this show has often done sometimes is is the premiere is really just kind of. Reminding everybody, okay, so here's who we're dealing with, and here's what they're up to now, and just kind of getting the pieces on the board and everything set up. But I think also, just compared to previous season premieres, I think even less happened in this one, plot-wise, than any of the other season premieres, really. I think Mm -hmm. Um, really only Jon Snow's storyline had any actual plot motion. Everything else was just really here's where this person is now. And here's them talking about how they feel about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not really complaining, but no. you know, an observation. Well, I mean, usually they seem to, the series finales are really the finale finale or, you know, like the penultimate episode is super duper action. And then you got like mini denouement one hour wrap things up. So you can jump into more action. And last season we just left with a bang. So Mm-hmm. Now we kind of have to get, our, get everybody gather their wits and see where we're at, which works great for a new season, especially if you think you have a bunch of new subscribers coming in to try the mm-hmm. show out, which they apparently they did. <laughs> they broke their uh, records again. Oh, did they? I hadn't. Uh... Yeah. According to Variety, the initial airing of the show was watched by 8 million viewers, which is up 17% or 1.16 million from last year. Wow. That wow. probably doesn't even include people pirating it. Right. Yes. Which yeah. we mentioned on the last show, there were 100,000 downloads of the first four episodes because somebody leaked them. Yeah. Uh, time before it even aired, yeah. which is massive. Um, well, that was 100,000 downloads within like 13 hours. So yeah. now. <laughs> Who knows? So the the four episodes is almost certainly because those are the ones that they sent to media for yeah. screeners and so on. Oops. Yeah, it was definitely from a screener DVD. And um, the the people that run uh, Westeros.org, which if you have the World of Ice and Fire book, those are the people that put that together. They said that 
every year they try to put more into their servers so that they can handle the load on Game of Thrones premiere day, and it crashed again this year. Um, <laughs> so it, they keep putting more and more resources, and they just can't keep up with it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenon. Yes, you have to do the hand motion with it. <laughs> and this was the first year that they had the the HBO Go or. Now something different. The un- HBO yeah, now, now. Un- mm-hmm. untethered version. Yes. Um, I don't didn't see numbers on how many use that, but I didn't see anything about outages or, or problems. Yeah, I didn't have any issues with that. And on top of that, in Canada, they passed a law that said that cable providers have to give you access to HBO as long as you have at least a, a cable connection. So you have to, you know, have like your basic channels through cable, mm-hmm. but you don't have to get a package in order to qualify for HBO. So that has made getting HBO a lot cheaper for a bunch of people in Canada too. So that's kind of neat. Um, not that I'm complaining exactly, but that seems like a weird law. I mean, how can the like how how is how do they justify that? The government coming in and just telling the private company, yes, you have to sell this particular piece. Um, not in a bundle basically because it's it's consumer protection there's a there's a bit of that up here yeah well I, like I, I, okay well we don't have to <laughs> they probably have a legal definition yeah. of what tier it is so like yeah. premium movie channel like showtime would qualify as well but but they like they'll they'll limit how much uh people can charge for tuition so they just mm-hmm. don't skyrocket so there there are certain it's it's a different kind of government <laughs> That's almost, for sure. Yeah, it's like yeah. a different country. It's almost like it's a different <laughs> country. It's so weird. Well, I just like I, I my only question was just it seems like something like HBO seems so trivial that to have a law passed for it. Mm-hmm. I, maybe yeah. it includes other things too. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it also they've also made it so that if you want any channels, you don't have to get a package. So like for instance, a lot before, if you wanted like the OLN network, you had to get the sports package. Well, I don't care about the hockey channels. I just want, you know, whichever one. Well, yeah, it's certainly true that uh cable companies tend towards abusive in that regard of like, well, we know what channel you really want. And so in order to get that one, you have to get all of these others too. And then you won't complain about the price because we just gave you 20 extra channels. Right. Mm -hmm. Until we raise rates (laughs) again next year. Although like my complaint has always not been about that behavior so much as that's just comes part and parcel with the fact that the cable companies have effective monopolies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, so that has always struck me as that is the problem, not the various other behaviors. Those would go away if they weren't monopolies and they had to compete. Agreed. Yeah. But this is not a, a cable cast. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh yeah. One thing I did read on the, the leak of the four episodes, they were in standard definition. Maybe that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, um, incidentally, the the premiere season one premiere in 2011 had 2.2 million viewers, so popping up to eight million mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of amazing. Still, I mean this is not new exactly, but I'm just still always a little bit suspicious is the wrong word. But I, you know when stuff that 
I've always liked starts getting real mainstream success. It always makes me feel a little bit like, wait a minute, is this some kind of trick? Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I feel largely the same way with how popular superhero movies and TV shows are getting. Not yeah. that I'm complaining, but it also just feels like I die or something. <laughs> What's going Need on? To enjoy it while it lasts. The They'll matrix. take it away. Yeah. It goes um, in cycles. <laughs> yes, but also not a superhero cast. So, <laughs> so um, this episode, we uh, title sequence had a change. Yeah, Winterfell. No more smoke. Yep. I yeah, couldn't tell right. quite if it was the same grandeur or if things were the spires were. Yeah, I don't know. It would be out. interesting mm. to compare it against how it looked in the season one. Um, season one and season two credits. I'm not really sure. Like my gut was telling me that it was not quite the same. Like mm -hmm. they didn't just go back to the way it looked before. Um, but uh, certainly no, no longer burning. And I thought so. I saw that some of the like little cranks were broken off, but yeah, more importantly, it had a, a flayed man emblem. Right certainly that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the, most significant change. So that's one of those weird things where on the one hand, we like Winterfell. We don't want it to be burnt down anymore, but it's also now being occupied by jerks. Yep. Traitorous jerks. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of what makes them jerks. <laughs> and, and, and creepy McFucko. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> our first scene, we jump into a flashback. That we didn't yeah. know was going to be a flashback, and I certainly didn't know it was a flashback until they started talking. <laughs> mm -hmm. I knew. I, I mean, I knew only in the context of one of the rare little bits and pieces of spoilery things that I had heard was that someone had been cast as young Cersei. And so I said, oh, well, I know exactly what um, that's going to be. And so I didn't necessarily know it was going to be the opening of the episode, but yes. As as they were going through the woods, I was thinking to myself, this is is this the prophecy or is this something from when we learn about Theon? You know, it's just two no-name people in the woods. And I'm like, which scene is this? And then I was like, Oh, okay, it's it's Cersei. Which is I me. thought for sure it was Marcella over in Dorne with a friend. And then they start oh. talking and the blonde one saying, But my dad, my dad. Mm -hmm. and this doesn't make any sense and as they're still talking and the witch and it finally clicked when <laughs> she was talking about having kids but i was very confused for a while yes yeah so when i did i went back and i looked at the prophecy chapter again between sunday and now and one of the things that i noticed is you know like i knew uh in the book maggie was old and here she's kind of pretty and I knew that there were more people, but I didn't care about that stuff. But uh, one thing I forgot was that uh, one of Cersei's friends asks if she's going to marry Jamie, And basically she says, no, that's not going to happen and you're going to die. Um, <laughs> the other part that is different is that the hag tells her that her little brother will strangle the life from her. Which mm -hmm. explains part of why she has hated Tyrion all of her life. Yeah. That it's not just that her mother died. 
Well, I, a nuance there that may or may not be important, depending yeah. on whose conspiracy you're, you subscribe to, mm-hmm. but uh, the actual word used was Valonquar, yeah. which translates to little brother, but given that it's the, uh, it's not like it's a foreign word being used in the Westerosi prophecy. So it is raises the question then is like, well, Valonquar means little brother, but why would she use that word instead of saying little brother unless it maybe meant something else? Well, and let's not forget Cersei actually has two little brothers mm-hmm. because she was first out. Yeah. Which is how I always took it. And I was like, mm, you are misreading this whole prophecy, which is what happens in myth. Every time there's a prophecy, they yeah. misread it and their actions end up making the prophecy happen. Mm-hmm. But again, the, the thing we always have to remember, and I no, think we, we talked about it. this, <laughs> is that, uh, yeah, that's what this whole series is kind of known for, is setting us up with a nice little primrose path uh, towards fantasy tropedom only to uh, pull the carpet out from under us and yep. reveal that there's a, you know, pit of bamboo spikes beneath us. <laughs> yeah. Um, incidentally, we have questions going in the Q and a app and we have Mike McCauley over there saying, having fun getting used to this new Google format. Hi Mike. All right. We're hoping that having fun is not sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it works roughly the same mm-hmm. or. Looks roughly the same. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about the prophecy in um, in the in the other episode, but um, I think we could probably, you know, again, maybe not everybody listens to that one. So what what do we? I, I think we have to, we can, there's we can separate what do we think it means from what might Cersei think it means. Right. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the fact that they're showing us the flashback and it's not portrayed as like a dream sequence, it's portrayed as she's thinking about it. Right. She's not asleep and then waking up at the end. Yeah. They I popped like to that, her actually. in the carriage and it's, mm-hmm. yeah. So she was, and it was amazing for getting into her headspace, walking into what she's walking into. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, her morning clothes were great, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And it was the most amount of clothing I saw on Marjorie. Yeah, well, you know, I think she she, she can uh, she can tone it down a little oh, yeah. when it's a funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, it occurs to me I don't remember if we saw her morning get up after Joffrey died. I don't think we did. I mean, we saw. I think the only we didn't see her in like morning get up. We only saw. Um, because we didn't see like a big funeral procession right. thing. It was only just people who are already in the sept. And we saw then Marjorie later going to talk to Elena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in any case, though, um, the prophecy as stated on the TV show, you know, talks about she'll have three children. Uh, her husband will have 20, which pretty straightforward. I think we, you know, we can gather that part seems to have come true already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then gold will be their crowns and gold will be their shrouds. And I think that was that was all she said in the show, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I just had a thought. And again, this is pure speculation. What if that means that each of them will be crowned before they die? It also could just be 
uh, reference to their hair. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's true. Um, because of course that was one of the whole things of like the seed is strong that led Ned to conclude uh, and John Aaron before him that they were the product of incest was because they all had blonde hair. And if it was, had never been discovered that they were illegitimate, none this war of the five Kings never would have happened. Joffrey wouldn't have been poisoned. Huh? Okay. So yeah. 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 So it's just obviously that's one of the things that's uh, sort of classically fun about prophecy in any sort of yeah. story is the idea that it could mean anything. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, in the in the books, they like so in the show, they didn't make a big deal of it. But in the books, uh, Danny also got a prophecy of her own and she spends a lot of time thinking about. So, OK, they said three betrayals, one for love, one money. Oh. So was this one for this or for that? Or maybe this one's still coming. And ultimately, it kind of adds up to you will never actually recognize what it meant until afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not even then. Uh, this is worthless. <laughs> it does creep out little girl versions of mean characters, though. <laughs> so I found the uh, conversation Jamie and Cersei have. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting that Jamie's trying to get her to focus on the big picture. Mm-hmm. She just sees murder and blood and revenge. And yeah. It's like, you know, you know, father built all this for us. It's ours now. And, mm-hmm. and it interesting because it brought me back to season one. I don't remember if it was the first episode or not where they're talking and Cersei's trying to get him to focus. And he's makes it clear. He doesn't give a shit about politics or anything. Mm, yes. When they're standing over John Aaron. Mm hmm. That's yeah. the opening scene, I think, isn't it? That's what I was thinking, uh, yeah. Well, it after the opening where the White Walkers oh, attacked right. oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. But I think it is after that, yeah. That's like um, a weird, complete turnaround. Well, right, and the funny thing is, in the books, it's flipped. Hmm. Jamie hmm. doesn't care about the legacy, and Cersei is there to talk to him about getting him to come on as the Hand of the King and to resume their relationship. And... And and Jamie's just like all distraught. He uh, has been standing over his father for like eight days or something, and he hasn't let anyone relieve him. Mm-hmm. So, in the books, there's also the detail of something had apparently gone wrong with the embalming, and Tywin's oh, yeah. corpse really stank bad. I forgot about that. Well, and because of the way he died, it was stinky to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. Oh yeah. That was that was like the whole thing. It was the indignity of it. Mm-hmm. That's texture. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting to see where they're at because I think with the you know the prophecy in you know her headspace and you know given the whole you know gold will be their crowns, gold will be their shrouds, indicating that they maybe they will all die. You know, certainly one down so to speak. Um, and then also just, you know, with her father dead, like she was rebelling against him because, you know, the, their last meaningful conversation before Tywin was killed was her deciding, you know what, maybe I'm not going to marry Loras after all. So there, what are you going to do about it? Right. So, but without him there, she doesn't really have anything to push against nothing solid in any case. Mm-hmm. And that's got her off balance, I think. Yeah. Which Loras is, yeah, he has the same idea. He's like, hey, nobody's here to make her marry me anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in their conversation, which I don't, yep. I guess, yeah, really. Oh, they rolled in the funeral right after Jamie and them talk. We see Loras 
fumbling in their next scene at the funeral, mm-hmm. trying to describe or console her. He <laughs> was a, a force to be reckoned with. And a force. And, uh, yeah. When, um, like I could feel for her. It's hard to really find yeah. something nice to say about Tywin Lannister. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know when um, when the time for reckoning is at at hand, people found him forceful and a force. Can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's also we we also get with him um, and the uh, the blonde man running the uh, brothel um, in. Littlefinger's absence. The new we Ross, we yeah. actually met um, when uh, Oberyn enlisted him into his escapades last season. Um, but now he and Loras are a thing. And just as a fun little detail, Loras has conveniently shaped birthmark that allows us to set up a couple of geographical locations within Dorne that we might visit next time. Yeah. That was great <laughs> sex position. That yeah. was just fantastic. Like we, it's been a while since we've had some good sex position, but this was like really good. I, I really like the birthmark thing. Mm. Um, and I but, also like how he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, my birthmark. <laughs> so this, of course, was a scene that we never would have gotten in the books because we never had any POV characters, uh, chapters from Loras or from Marjorie. Yeah. Um, but this idea that, I mean, everybody knows, and so he's not even really being discreet anymore is interesting and I think is also another indicator of what's happening now with, with Tywin gone. He, you know, as many people who hated him, he was this huge stabilizing force that everybody else had to kind of orbit around. Mm-hmm. But but now with him gone, because Loras has got to be thinking, okay, yeah, they know already, but in theory, I am still supposed to marry Cersei. And so is this, how is this going to look? if this starts getting broader play, but I don't know at this point, maybe he's already kind of figuring that's not really going to happen yeah, anymore. From the conversation, he certainly doesn't want to. Yeah. From the conversation, yeah. he's written it off. He's like, there's mm-hmm. no way she's going to do it. Cause he knows she didn't want it anyways. And mm-hmm. without Tywin. Yeah. Now who's going to make her except of course, we know that the whole reason he was going to force her to do it anyway was because there's this, this whole high garden Alliance is still not super solid. Yep. Um, of course, I think we also know that part of Tywin's motivation there was actually to send Cersei off to Highgarden instead of uh, having her there to keep messing up what his plans were with, uh, I guess, with Joffrey and then Tommen subsequently. Mm-hmm. And um, this also brings in the whole, you know, Marjorie's just, whatever, are you done yet? You know, like she doesn't <laughs> care about her brother's exploits and she obviously knows and is completely mm-hmm. okay, which is something that I know a lot of fans speculated about. And we yeah. got a bit on that in, in season one. I think it was season two. 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 It was Sorry. season two that she showed up. Yeah. yeah with Renly. She, that she, she says, you know, would you like me to bring my brother into Renly? Yeah. And, and all of the fans who were, you know, speculating, does she know or doesn't she? We're like, yes, now we know, you know, she knows, she knows. Yeah. So this, this just kind of reminds of, us of that, that yes, she does know what's going on with her brother. She did yeah. know about her brother and Loris. It's, it's been interesting finding out the show's version of what she does know and what she doesn't, mm-hmm. because in the books, it's very opaque. Yes. We, we don't, we know, don't know what she, cause she is, anytime we see her, she's always in full on politician mode and we don't see any of the the behind the scenes there but 
certainly in the show, we realize that she is, you know, much more politically astute and much more pragmatic than her public persona would suggest. But she also did not know what her uh, grandmother was planning to do with Joffrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she she was not let in on that plot. Yeah. So, anyway, though, uh, uh, that's going King's on. Landing. The only other thing I think was uh, Lancel showing. His yeah, head again. dude. And you know, as, as far as another change from the books, in the books, when he shows up again at this point, he's described as looking twenty years older. Yep. Weak white hair, great hair. Yeah, yep. and um, whereas uh, now he. He kind of went the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would not have recognized him at all, except that, you know, she said, Lancel, I wouldn't have recognized you. And I'm going, what? Yeah, me neither. Did they recap? You can kind of see it in his face, yeah. I guess, but just physically, he's changed a lot since season two was the last time we saw him, I think. And you know, she's thinking at first, wow, I should have waited. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up cute. It's like, oh, but now you're all religious and weird. And then, of course, the fact that he seems overly blasé about talking about what he did with Robert. And saying, I'm a totally different person now. That does not bode well for his future. (laughs) I regret that I led you into sin, and I would like you to let me show you the true path now. She's got to be thinking, oh, that could be really bad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's also kind of interesting that he takes the blame for it. Yeah. Well, which I can't help but uh, roll my eyes a little bit, like in an entertained way. But just this idea of uh, it's still kind of a dickish thing for him to do to sort of imagine that he was the one that had all the power in that situation and that it was it could only have been him that would tempt her into this terrible well women don't like sex remember yeah and women women don't plot murder that's not what women do they're pure and sunlight and Mm -hmm. yeah so he definitely that's how he can bring her right he so like he is devoutly religious now but there is definitely a super culty vibe there yeah, mm-hmm. Walking around in rags and a barefoot, and everyone. I, I, I did like how everyone is kind of looking at him like, dude, put some real clothes on when you're <laughs> coming to a royal party, dude. Yeah, party funeral, <laughs> one of those <laughs> kind of both, really, right? Yeah, big party for a lot of people. <laughs> but yeah, it's and so this also kind of sets up the sparrows. They they called them the sparrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, the they did. Yeah, in the sh- you know, I thought so. So it sets up that that's a thing. And they um, mentioned that Tywin never would have allowed them entrance to the city. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that shows that Tywin's grip is already gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's not just, uh, yeah, Loris and Marjorie being more relaxed. It's th- these people that would, ne- you know, these religious fanatics would never be allowed into the city if Tywin were alive and they come into his funeral. So yeah. like, everybody realizes that there's less control. Going well, on. it's it's exactly what Jamie was trying to tell Cersei. It's like these people have been, you know, laboring at the gate all this time, wanting us to take take us down, and only didn't try because they're scared of Tywin, who is now not here anymore. They already yeah. don't like us but they were afraid of Tywin. Now he's dead. Yep. 
and his killer escaped. The killer who had just been sentenced to death. Uh, nobody knows where he is, and they can't do anything about it. You know, it's just they're they're not in a good spot right now. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we're broke. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Let's not forget that. <laughs> well, and and in the show, Thursday realizes that Jamie helped Tywin, whereas that's not Tyrion really said in the book. Tyrion. Helps. Dang it. Yeah. Sorry, I always do that. Uh, that that Jamie helped Tyrion escape, and in the books, she just the eyeball. Oh yes, the eyeball rocks are very creepy, Mike. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> um, they've. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm glad that they've kept that consistent um, because they introduced it in the first episode, so you kind of gotta yeah. keep it going. Um, so in the books, she just blames Varys, and. Mm-hmm. In 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 the show, she knows that he's done this, so that's that's a different level of complexity, which is probably why she in the show would not want to rekindle their relationship because how dare you? You yeah. let my son's killer go, and he killed our dad. Well, their whole relationship is completely different now. Yeah. I mean, the because you know, even though you know, as we've, we talked about with last season, the, the show clearly didn't want that one scene to, they did not intend that to be a depiction of rape, right. even though obviously. Yeah. So anyway, we talked about, we've talked about that, but the point is that they're still not on good terms. And, and yet um, they did kind of sort of rekindle their relationship at the end of last season in a, you know, not super healthy way to the extent that it was ever healthy, but just in the sense of she was now specifically wanting to use that as a weapon against her dad and manipulating Jamie because she knew he still wanted it and him feeling like this is probably a terrible idea, but (laughs) (laughs) so at the same time in this you know, at the start here, it seems as though, yeah, there. That's not. I don't know. It's not clear if it's still going or if it. What's I think, going on yeah, there. him helping Tyrion's got to be the last straw, unless he does something to kill him. Well, it's the last straw until she needs him again. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. Let's jump over to Essos. Yeah. We jump to Pentos with Varys and Tyrion. Yeah. I liked the little um, the tracking shot of looking through the, the air hole in the crate <laughs> and seeing the various things. Um, air hole, like yeah. I like the complaint yeah. about having to go to the bathroom through a hole. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it's like to push my shit through a hole? Do you know what it's like to clean up your shit? <laughs> See, I feel like Tyrion could have uh, justified another response to that. It's like, oh, right. Yeah, they're the same. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I agree. I'm like, yeah, because that's the same. <laughs> yeah. Besides, the thing is, in the it's it's interesting too because in the books, Varys is certainly described as, um, you know, he is depicted multiple times as being like a master of disguise. Yeah. But he also is not apparently in disguise as we see him here. So it's also like, is he not recognizable? People don't recognize him. Why is Tyrion got to be in the crate and Varys can walk around? Does he do disguises in the show though? Like, have we seen him in disguise? No, we have. Well, They've we saw. I think him. That. Not no, unless well, it's okay, a really I, elaborate Easter egg. 
<laughs> I was trying to remember if there was like even the time that he went and visited Ned in the black cells before oh, yeah. Ned's execution. Yeah. I can't remember if he was in disguise there or not. Yeah, he was in a guard, he was. a guard uniform. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only time they've done it though. But yeah. then again, it's also true that we don't see Varys again until um, until they're already at, at Illyrio's palace. That's true. So it's maybe that he had been disguised uh, at during the journey, but not. Yeah, he wasn't know, on the dock. Back. Yeah, the well, dock, that was kind of a last minute, <laughs> uh, a last minute thing, um, just because uh, <laughs> you know it's it had seemed in that episode like he really had not intended to accompany Tyrion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until of course he hears the bells going is like that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, because in survival the instinct go. <laughs> in the books, he doesn't go to the same place as Tyrion, right? Well, in the books, he just disappears off the face of the yeah. map uh, until he shows up again in one chapter at the end of book five. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you're right. You're right. And it's, yeah, it's so, Master Illyrio, who we saw in season one, mm-hmm. that basically has all of Varys's lines. Yeah, so they're definitely they're doing it different. So this is diverging from what happened in yeah. the books. Yeah, because um, Barris, wherever he went, was certainly not accompanying Tyrion in the yeah. Well, and um, I I understand the change because one, yeah. we want to keep that actor, mm-hmm. and why bring back another actor that oh right be there for a while, you know? So it it makes sense to me. Well, and uh, it seems um, like they're they're likely to condense a lot of that whole plot line. Uh, I think for the show. Mike McCauley says, you got to admit, it must take great skill to shit through a hole that small. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would, although I think technically what Tyrion said is that he had to, like, I don't know that he necessarily raised his butt up at the the hole. He maybe even putting the pieces through. That's yeah. Well, I was actually just thinking about how um, just the the orientation of the holes might make it difficult even to pee through it. You know, even if he can, even if he can aim, he can't, he can't stand up, you know? So like, short. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this uh, conversation was interesting too. We finally get an inkling of who he may have some allegiance to. Yeah. What's Varys's deal? He's team Danny. Yeah. You know, or, or at least that's certainly what he's telling us now. You yeah. never know with Varys. Um, it's it is interesting just because it's it's so hard to know when the show is di- diverging from the books, you know what's going on. It's like because there's additional wrinkles to what he's got going on in the books, but it's also like by the time we see him again, there's a lot more stuff than that we know about the overall situation than we know at this point in the story. So when we see him now is that even still in play or are they just going a whole different direction? And he is just, you know, full stop team Danny. Certainly at this point, it doesn't seem obvious why he would have any reason to lie to Tyrion about that. So it seems like that's really the direction that the show is planning to go. And it jibes with, you know, saying his friend and Pentos that, you know, a long Mm -hmm. time ago, they were going to set to bring the Targaryens and clearly help Danny and Viserys get there and, See, if people don't remember, way back in season one, 
when Arya had gone down to look at the dragon skulls and then overheard two people potentially talking about overthrowing the king, bringing the Targaryen girl back, the two people she heard were Varys and Illyrio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Illyrio also being the, uh, uh, the guy who uh, gifted the dragon eggs to Daenerys way back in episode one. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so it's a little interesting i i mean i again just logistically for making a tv show we we get why they didn't necessarily want to bring the actor back for one scene or something yeah but uh um but yeah it's just you know illyrio is a guy that we 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 know he's not just a made-up name um but what do you what do you guys think about Tyrion with the beard i kind of oh, dug it good it's yeah good yeah yeah peter dinklage looks really good with a beard then again, mm-hmm. that is the first way I ever saw him. Nice and cleaned up with a nice beard. And I <laughs> like beards, so that helps. So Tyrion uh, had, you know, had a couple of good bits there. Uh, he's clearly despondent, though, and uh, having the whole bit of drinking the wine. The future is shit, just like the past. Then vomiting on the carpet, <laughs> then refilling his glass. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> I was kept thinking, you know, he just came out of the box. Ferris is already starting up. Can't the boy get a bath? <laughs> get a whore, you know, something. That's a tough journey. Yeah, and so and I, I again it's I it's kind of just the implication of like you you drank your way from from here, you know, from Westeros to here. And um Tyrion's just kinda like, what that means I should stop now? I don't understand the, I don't understand your point. <laughs> <laughs> and then in their second conversation, so they announced they're going to go to meet Danny. Yeah. And, uh, can I drink myself to death on the road to Marine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, a little bit of a, an inkling that maybe maybe Tyrion can be uh, rousted from his uh, depressive funk. And it was fair. It was, you know, hey, let's go meet her and see if you think the world is worth saving so i like that i like that can i drink on the way mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i i do like that there is still some of Tyrion's despair over the fact that he killed his father that he's a kin slayer his brother's the king slayer he's the kin slayer um i'm still yes, sad he that despair he, he over that though i mean i more despair over shay really yeah that was my well my my impression is that he is certainly aware that people will hate and revile him for what mm-hmm. he did. And I think he was more aware of that than he was. Well, I think, but I think it's also true that he's kind of aware like that idea of I'm not really a Lord anymore. You know, just this, this idea of pretty much everything that I've ever defined my identity by is gone except for of course being a dwarf which is like the one part that i didn't especially <laughs> care for before <laughs> uh, yeah only now he's broke and no family and yeah life as a dwarf when you don't have the lannister name is going to be very different mm-hmm. of course at least in this context how it's playing out now he does have Varys there who absolutely does respect him as a, a man of talent and wisdom worth bringing along so he's got that going for him at least yeah i'm sure ferris has plenty of of gold stocked away you know he he certainly wouldn't have been one to keep all eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. Mm. 
I really can't wait to see Tyrion and Varys meet Danny in the conversations. I mean, yeah. you know, Tyrion can be so crude, and if she wants to go all princey, queeny, <laughs> it'd be fireworks. Uh, so Mike agrees with you. He says his, he thinks uh, Tyrion's. I'm the only one that thinks he's upset about his dad. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly he's upset because he 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 knew at the end that his dad truly did never care for him or at least yeah. puts it that way. So, well, yeah, it's, it, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I just, I feel like I could sit here and talk about Tywin all day. He's just such a fascinating character in terms of like, what is his deal really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I also had a secret theory that I'm not sure is especially buoyed by any real evidence, but, uh, I wondered if perhaps Jamie and, uh, the, well, never mind. That's stuff. Do you that think that Jamie from. and Cersei are not his? I I wonder. Okay, the, the, there's fan theories out there yeah. that one of Tywin's kids, which is really funny because I've even heard uh, arguments that only one of Jamie and Cersei's is not his, and that it is theoretically possible but highly improbable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that there's theories that one of them. It's not just not one of his kids, but a Targaryen. There's also theories that there's secret Targaryens everywhere. Yeah. So there's that. So yeah. it's it's not spoilery. It's just, it's a very big theory. And I can yeah. agree with you on that point because I feel like uh, so often people think Tyrion is the secret Targaryen, that he's not really his. But Tyrion is so much Tywin's son. And I yeah. think that it would just be so wrong if he really wasn't. But right, nature versus nurture and all that. He oh, clearly yeah. doesn't look like any of them. He's a dwarf. It would make sense why Tywin well, always hated him if he knew that he wasn't really his and killed well, his see, wife. My and, thinking was it was actually the reverse, though. Yeah. That perhaps Jamie and Cersei were yeah. someone else helping out because Tywin couldn't actually gotcha. get it done. Oh, I like that idea. And that then only after that did Tyrion show up and unexpected accident because they thought that Tywin wasn't able to do it. But of course, when Tywin is actually able to do it, that's the result. And that would be sort of this extra despising of Tyrion from Tywin just because that there's some self-loathing in there. He's his act only legitimate heir. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of always wondered about that. But I that's like all that theory. Rampant speculation. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like that's that's going to be one of my new theories. Thank you. Oh, sure. <laughs> because it's so it's biblical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, that's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, who knows if that will ever even get addressed again? Yeah, probably not. But in any case, um, I are we done with uh, Tyrion and yeah, Varys? I, I think so. Marine. Um, so we got uh, Daenerys. Well, should we start with the Unsullied? Yeah, first uh, they, yeah, they oh, tear sure. the harpy down. Oh, yeah, they tear the harpy down. Mm-hmm. Which, they've got all these ropes and stuff on different directions to pull it down, and then it crashes into everything on the way down. No, no, no. I think they always intended it to slide down exactly the way that it did. They a lot they, they put a lot of, like, logs in mm-hmm. place for it to land on and slide. Oh, okay. And I think all of the ropes were basically to control it from bouncing off and flinging it off in some other direction. Okay. okay. That was my read of it, just in terms of the engineering logistics there. I will take um, your word for it then. Uh, the the Unsullied that goes to the brothel uh, for a second. I thought I it wondered, was Grey Worm. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is that like, I wondered if it was supposed to be gray worm because I could just like, he looks different. That's not the same actor. Is it? Did they replace gray worm? What's going on? And so I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be gray worm, but with a different actor, but clearly that was not the answer. It's a different, different unsullied. Yeah. But I, I like to just the nuance of, you, you know, in the, um, in the book, we only hear about what's going on when Danny does, which yeah. is just this very removed, Hey, this happened. So seeing this moment of, and sort of the human moments of him as the unsullied white rat, I think they said was mm-hmm. that, that one. And, um, yeah. it's different this, in the books. I think yeah. still, still desiring human contact, even if he's not able to have, you know, full intercourse. Yes. And in the books, um, we find out that the reason he went to the broth, was for comfort because when Miss Sandy asks Grey Worm about it, he explains that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting that yeah. they they changed that. Yeah, it was curious well, to me. He was so stone faced, I couldn't tell if he knew and just for doesn't want to share it yet, or if he didn't know truly. Mm-hmm. And she's clearly, well, obviously she's interested in him and all that, well, but it I, seems I like of- it was a plea for. I can give you whatever you need, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I think what I, what I liked about how it played here is that first of all, in, in the book, we needed him to tell her cause how else will we know the reader? Mm-hmm. Right. So having her, him tell her is the way that we, the reader get to hear that that's what's going on. Cause otherwise we would reasonably be asking the same question she would, but because in the show we got to see it, we now already know what it is. Yeah. And so I think it adds some nice texture to have Grey Worm wanting to actually hold some of that back a little bit, even from Daenerys. Well, and I also kind of feel like, you know, she's like, well, I can do whatever you need. And he's thinking, I'm not going to tell you this because I don't want you to feel like you need to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's um, kind of in- out of respect. Incidentally, uh, Mike McCauley says, uh, I'm unspoiled. Varys's line throughout the show has been all about how he real all he really cares about is the greater good of King's Landing. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, but now I'm starting to wonder what his real intentions are. Uh, I, I think technically what he has said is the realm rather mm-hmm. than King's Landing yeah. per se. But I think what Varys also admits in this scene is that it, his plan hasn't been going very well. Yep. A string of mistakes, he calls it, because certainly having Tyrion kill Tywin was not part of the plan. Right. Um, because, of course, his whole goal was to try to keep Westeros picking along as stably as is reasonably possible mm-hmm. while he tries to manage to get Daenerys to come on over where she has not been cooperating either because she starts going and liberating slaves and Astapor and Yunkai and then settling down in Marine and Varys has got to be sitting over in King's Landing going, what the? (laughs) (laughs) Dragons do need to grow up. Yeah. yeah, So I just mean, I think that uh, as far as suspecting what, you know, what is Varys really after? I think at this point, it seems plausible that within the context of the show, Varys is being straight with Tyrion at this point. Ooh. So his buddy is the one who had the eggs. Yeah. What if they mm-hmm. also have some kind of way to control the dragons? 
You never know. Mm. It's certainly true that Daenerys is not doing it very well, but someone, you see, my my working theory all along, again, not necessarily, um, it's, it's not explicit in the text, but uh, my theory has always been that Daenerys increasingly loses control of the dragons because she's not doing what her destiny is. Mm-hmm. She's doing she's doing the wrong stuff. She's taking them in the wrong direction, which incidentally in the books, part of her prophecy is you have to go backwards to go forwards or something to that effect. Yep. And so just the the idea that she is not doing the right thing is being symptom you know symptomatic in in her mm-hmm. losing control of her dragons. Um, but of course, that's again that's interpretation of the text, not something that's stated. Mm-hmm. I also like uh, Sheriff Bullock's response to being uh, unspoiled. Better to be unspoiled than unsullied. Mm-hmm. Very much. <laughs> Although, I don't know, Grey Worm says that he's not mad about it because it led him to, uh, you know, to meet Daenerys and Miss Andy and all of that. That's just great for him. <laughs> <laughs> Glad he appreciates it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... There's some interesting stuff going on there. They and they they introduce now the uh, new dilemma for Daenerys at the moment is uh, the fighting pits. You reopen the fighting pits, and it's a little bit like some of the stuff last time of like some of the slaves actually want to go back and be slaves again. Do you allow them to do that if they want to? And so this is kind of that same sort of thing. Is like you may disapprove of this thing but it was it was slaves before and now it's people who are free free people who want to go and volunteer to do it Mm -hmm. and saying you know you're you're tearing apart their culture Mm -hmm. so it's it's reasonable um or it's it's certainly a concern and uh and of course uh you know dario and his butt um are making the case that she should allow it to to happen dario just continues to be the worst in terms of being bad for Danny, in my opinion. I don't like him at all. Hmm. Yes. But his, his posterior is quite nice. Yeah. Well, no, I see what she sees. <laughs> but yeah, well, I definitely. We get yeah. The Dario Even backside the and the Dario backstory that he, yeah. he fought oh, in yeah, those fighting. I did, yeah, I did like that. Mm-hmm. In, in the books, I find no interest in Dario whatsoever. The way that he's described, he's just slimy and icky mm-hmm. uh, when he, He's constantly fondling that knife. Here we see him toss it a little. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just so not interested in him. This Dario actor, though. He's charming. He's very beautiful. I, I think <laughs> I. Nice. Yeah. He is not slimy. <laughs> and now that I've seen Orphan Black, I'm even more charmed by him. Uh, yeah, he's nice uh, in that one. Yeah. We oh, think. Really? We think. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but. It's kind of it's one of these instances where the show I think is doing a better job at making sense, but at the same time in the books I always view it like when I look at my a lot of times I look at it, the the men my nieces choose my older nieces choose and I'm like ah oh, you can do so much better why are you infatuated with this guy and that's how I always felt when I was reading Danny. And remember, yeah. Danny is a bit younger in the books too, so it's mm-hmm. it, it it's it's a different dynamic. I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I can um, see her being swayed by this Dario, though. Yeah, and I I think in in this case though, her her reaction when he says that is not really. You think so? It's more like what? 
what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely Dario is just one of those things. It's kind of like when you're in a long dark tunnel and then you see the light of the train and, but it's a ways off. <laughs> so maybe if you keep going, you can get out of the tunnel before it crushes you. Maybe. <laughs> but I just sort of feel like I, I just Dario's, it seems like somehow all that's going to go horribly, horribly wrong at some point. He's a wild card for sure. <laughs> he is. He is. And it's interesting because, you know, I'm thinking about this and you see this trope a lot and you see it in relationships too, where a guy makes sensible decisions and, you know, listens to his friends and stuff. And then some girl comes along and starts turning his head. Mm -hmm. And you don't often see that with the genders flipped. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, at least not with a character like Daenerys, who has such a good head on their shoulders and such a sense of self-purpose. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other she thing, too. She so much, though. It's hard, you know. <laughs> well, and the other thing we have to remember, too, that um, the biggest counterweight to Dario's influence before was Jorah, who has and, now been sent Jorah away. Is, she found out, betrayed her. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so you know, Barristan is still yeah. around, but he doesn't seem to uh, interfere much with her personal stuff. Yeah. And so it's it's really interesting to see. And I I enjoy this bit of a, a flip script, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, it, and it shows that, you know, yes, women, too, can be swayed by the likes of somebody pretty. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we've got another comment is. Uh, this this is Sheriff Bullock with yes, his real name there. Yeah, I thought so. Um, <laughs> he says, I still find it baffling that nobody in King's Landing cares who actually murdered Joffrey. I understand Cersei has an axe to grind and blames Tyrion, but no one else is concerned. It might be someone else, someone who might murder Tommen. Um, mm. You know, I think that's a valid concern because I think that was a big part of Tyrion's complaint. Right. You know, when he was accusing Tywin was like, you know I didn't do it. And you're still yeah. pushing forward with this farce. Like, what the hell? Like, it's so personal. You would rather take out me than find out who really did it. Right. But I think the I think the thing is, though, that the probably the working theory in King's Landing is that a lot of people still do think Tyrion did it. And the people who don't think he did it think Santa did it. Right. And she's yeah. on the run. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my, I think Sansa is the person that, you know, if people think, you know, maybe Tyrion didn't do it. Um, they think Sansa did because she fled. The poison was found in the necklace she was wearing. That necklace was found on Dantos who was dead. There's just and if there's they a lot her, of stuff pointing to her. If they yeah. saw the clothes she was wearing now. Although she was not nearly as fabulous this episode. She was much plainer looking. She is not in well, her. Well, she was, she was in public. You know, she had to be yeah. seen because she had to still look innocent and sweet. Or she didn't look that innocent and sweet to me. She just <laughs> looked more like, Very you know, she, she looked like what um, Maleficent would wear like to the grocery store. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so if we stick to Marine, yeah. we uh, see the dragons. Oh, she yeah. down because oh. a, a queen of dragons is no queen if she doesn't mm -hmm. have dragons. So they were the relatively controllable ones that are super mean now. And nobody has seen Drogon for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so Yeah, they weren't very happy. And they and, seemed bigger again already, even though it's only been a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the 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 thing that uh, I commented on this in our reaction show, but uh, just Dario actually finishing that scene with the the line of like a queen of dragons with no dragons is no queen at all. And I just wanted to be in Daenerys's shows and just saying, well, thanks. That's really helpful. Like, thanks for your feedback, dude. I mean, what the hell? Really? You're just being a jerk for the hell of it now? <laughs> Captain obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you give me a nice paper cut and then you could pour some lemon juice on it. <laughs> so it was, uh, was pretty sad. Danny was seemed. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I expect her to seem less surprised if she knows she's not controlling them well, I guess. She just didn't expect them to lash out like that. Well, I, yeah, I think it's just like the last time when, you know, we don't know if she's, there's been no visits in between, mm -hmm. but when she left them, they seemed to be like crying, like, why are you leaving us? Come back. But now it's more like they're want to kill her. So that's, wow. that's a, Unsettling change. What's a Khaleesi to do? I don't know. Let's jump. Let's jump up to Castle Black. All right. This is this is where real stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, not really till the end, but <laughs> yeah. Where we find John training Ollie, the boy who killed his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's like all things considered, it's nice that John's not gonna hold a grudge there. Yep. I mean, it really would be entirely unreasonable for him to do so. But at the same time, you know, sometimes emotions are unreasonable. Stranger things have happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we clearly, Ollie is going to be, you know, an ongoing character. And, you know, they needed another one just because, uh, you know, Gran and Pip are dead after the battle last season. So we needed a, a few more other <laughs> brothers of yeah. the Night's Watch that we know their names. Because um, Ed is still around, we presume, although I don't think we necessarily, I don't think we saw him alive after the battle, but we also didn't see him die. So presumably he's around somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like they would have made a big deal if he died. I don't think they would have had him die off screen. Right, I agree. So um, I, he's still around. Um, we got Sam, of course, Alistair, and Jano Slint, who are on, you know, Team Jerk. Um, <laughs> although certainly after I, I think both Thorne and John have increased mutual respect after, um, the battle at the end of last season. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean they're best. They're not besties, but, uh, it's, it's better than it was. It was a little disappointing seeing Slump and them still buddy buddied. Like nobody mentioned, by the way, he was a coward who ran away. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I can't help but think that that's gonna so that's gonna come back into play at some point just you know it may well have been that you know it's it's kind of like well you say that he went and hid he's gonna have some other explanation for what he was doing and he said she said Man. so to speak so what i mean what can you do really so they you know those who knew knew might well have just said look let's just he knew what he did. Let's just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you know, they may have just concluded that there wasn't any productive uh, gain in saying well, anything about it. I mean, they've lost so many brothers as it is. Mm -hmm. you, really? Are we going to lose another? Well, the White Walkers come banging on the wall. Yeah. You're going to want a more competent commander. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had uh, Sam and, and Gilly talking and Sam reassuring her, you know, I'm going to go wherever you're going to be go. And I found it interesting. It got me thinking that I always get this, the warm, fuzzy feeling like, oh, you know, they're going to make it, you know, they're going to be a family. And it's really not rational to think that because mm. nobody, I think everybody accepted that John and Grit would never work. They're from two different yeah. worlds. She's north of the wall. He's south of the wall. So why still hold out hope for Sam and Gilly? <laughs> They're it's in the exact really same positions. Cute. Well, I, I love too that Gilly is just so unromantic compared yes. to <laughs> Sam of just this whole bit of like, I told you where you go, I go. But what if they send me away where you go? I go. You can't do that. They'll execute you. And he's just like, well, but I'm trying to do a thing here. Oh, cut me some slack, Gilly. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about those kids. Yeah. It, we'll, we'll have to see where they, where they go from here. There's a lot of unsettling stuff going on. For example, Stannis telling John, hey, uh, you maybe want to go kick Bolton out of Winterfell? Right. Um, he, he doesn't talk about legitimizing John, does he? Um, I don't think he, he doesn't quite get into it. Um, certainly, at least at this point, they may still push it harder in the show, but in the books, it was much more explicit of, no, if you help me do this, I'm going to basically let you, I'm, I'm going to tell the Night's Watch that you're no longer one of them and you're going to go be John Stark and retake yeah. Winterfell if you Tying up and help me. So it was based, it was much more an explicit yeah. promise of like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. It was basically, I am king of the realm. This is one, this is the only way out of the night's watch without death. Mm-hmm. I can do this and I can do it for a specific purpose like this, where a great house has no air. Mm-hmm. So we like, there is precedent. I can do this and I can do this for you and I can legitimize you even after your father has passed, which is uh, up until most of what I know, um, that's how you get, you know, if you're a bastard, you, the 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 father of the house can legitimize you. Well, it's like we saw with Roos and Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like, to me, that was a really big deal. And then for John to say, you know, no, that's okay. I'm not going to have everything I've ever watch. wanted. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so huge. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know if he could do that, say that, if it if it had been in such explicit well, terms. Well, it's also true that um, based on what we know of Stannis, how does he react when people tell him no? <laughs> Not very good. Now, okay, wait, sorry. Melisandre asked if John was a virgin. He said uh, no, and she right. says good. Good. Plus, but I mean, I don't want to ignore that just even before that exchange, she's just given him total creepy stare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I, I body creepy stare. Yeah. Well, and so I don't know about you guys. I don't want to jump on what you were going to say, Nutty. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my read of that exchange is basically, yeah, I'm going to get on that and good that you're not a virgin. Cause it'll probably be easier to convince you now, you know? You know, that could, that's one idea, and that is one idea that I thought about. Um, another idea I had is they like to burn people for mystical reasons, and virginity also, often has a lot to play in that. And John's parentage isn't really known, 
So, mm. and even if he is a Stark, the blood of the first men is in his veins and, and he comes from a line mm-hmm. of Kings and there's so many things. So like maybe him being a virgin means, okay, you're not going to end up on the pyre. Well, but I think that, uh, I would she, she be oh. happy about not having him as an available option if that was what she was thinking? I think so. Because last season she looks at him across the pyre when they're burning the wildlings and the brothers. And she has a look of like, huh, you're interesting. You could mm-hmm. be useful to me. And yeah. I think she's, in, she's choosing him as, as her ally and investing in him as a tool. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I agree. And I think the way that she does that is by sleeping with folks. Quite possibly. <laughs> it's a lot more explicit and a lot more about sex in the show. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um. So I I got the, the feeling that there might be multiple reasons, both strategic and personal, why she might want to uh, jump Jon Snow's bod. And the fact that he is a virgin makes that uh, she's it's like, oh, good. So I'm not going to have to get past that hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> and again, in the show, he's a lot older than he is in the books, so it's a lot less creepy. So um, Mike says, uh, I'm seeing the Sam and Gilly dynamic as a precursor to a possible alliance between the Watchmen and the Wildlings, as crazy as it sounds. And I don't think it does sound crazy at yeah. all, because that's 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 kind of what Stannis had suggested, too, right? Is what he was proposing to Mance is... I want you to bring your whole army down below, you know, south of the wall to fight for me. Yeah. You know, of course, Mance was not a fan of that idea. At the same time, you know, like I, I get where Mance is coming from, but he, they're still on the other side of the wall, Mance. What, I mean, what, what's your plan here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want them to die for you. I'd rather have them die when the white walkers come. Right, so yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. Mance is a weirdo. <laughs> it's it's interesting to me because Mance is not Mance from the books at all. And so and where they're going, I'm quite certain is a completely different direction than yeah. the books. We are not gonna have the story that we had in the books. Yeah, and that so seems this clear. is all brand new information. So it's interesting. I give him a lot of credit for not screaming or crying out while he burned. Well, I think he was on the verge, and that's why John yeah. did him that favor. Really awesome of John. In the books, he just uh, he has a bunch of archers do it, so mm-hmm. that it's not one person, so that Stannis can't just say, "Well, string this guy up for you know whatever." It's mm-hmm. okay. A whole bunch of people did it. They did it on John's command. It was much better. Yeah, I think it plays in the show though, having him do it solo oh, yeah. because. Yeah. Uh, He's already in this position of knowing that, like, he's probably the one person in all of Castle Black who could get away with this and not have Stannis come after him for it. And in the yeah. books, he was crying out. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. So it's 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 a whole different dynamic. Like I said, everything here is new. Um, yeah. And I really like that, you know, he fired the arrow and everyone looks at John and is like, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah for the sake of people who haven't read the books i think we don't want to get into the differences no, yet because no. there might be elements that still come into play of what was going on there but it's it's enough different even just with what they showed already yeah. it seems clear they're going a different direction yeah i'm really wondering what the hell where do they go from here since you know like you're saying yeah. the wildlings are north of the wall they have still mm-hmm. have some prisoners here um, yeah. well, thinking. the other thing is too, that technically 
Thorn is still only like Lord Commander Pro Tem. Mm-hmm. Yep. And let's not forget that while they're burning Mance, Tormund's standing right there. Mm-hmm. So there are wildlings within the walls that weren't kept in cells during all of this. So mm-hmm. I'm glad Tormund's still around. Although my impression was that Tormund was in a cell, but got to come out for this purpose. Yeah, I'm not you sure. Know, that, like as, as a wildling witness of what's going down here, because yeah. the whole thing was they were trying to say to Mance, here's your last chance. You can kneel and do this thing or we'll burn you. And so I think it's reasonable to have high-profile wildlings witness that whole deal. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think Tormund was probably in a cell otherwise. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. he's he didn't look he's like not in shackles or anything. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. seriously shackled or anything like that. So mm-hmm. that was that was good. Curious yeah. to see where where they go if if um, they make John go talk to the wildling leaders and try to rally them under Stannis or mm-hmm. if they just – well, off into the trees. <laughs> yeah, that's also a really tricky proposition for John in the Night's Watch because there's this whole thing of shall not take part. And so on the one hand, there's motivation. It's like, well, maybe it is probably a good idea to have the wildlings. You know, like the, the problem is on the one hand, you don't want them to all stay up there and die and then all become whites that are now fighting you in that form. Mm-hmm. But you also, this is a lot of people. You don't really want to just unleash them on the, the sparsely populated land south of the wall. Yeah. With all their different ways. Yeah. Because they believe something is yours if you can take it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, they'll, they're thinking they're acting illegally, and the, there's still people living in that area, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, we'll take Winterfell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it's a really tough spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Um. Not to mention the fact that even if you do bring them south of the wall, doing it with the intent that they will now be the army for Stannis is kind of against that whole shall not take part thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. (laughs) It's a tough spot. Yep. We've got some big decisions to make. Yeah. We'll have uh, Sheriff Bullock bring us over into the Eerie Lands with a comment. Yes. Yes. And this is something that I had mentioned when... uh, when uh, the Hound and Arya were walking away from the Bloody Gate. Mm-hmm. He says, so a man and a girl claiming to be Sandor Clegane and Arya Stark arrived at the Bloody Gate, announced themselves to a guard, and that news hasn't made it made its way to Baelish and Sansa yet. Lysa dead or not, if I was that guard, I'd want to follow up. And, and yeah. that's what I was saying the, when we had seen that episode of, there's no way they would just be walking away from the gate. See, my, my theory, and this is a little hand-wavy, but um, the way I kind of reconcile that in my head is that just straight up, the guard did not believe them, especially the way Arya laughed when heard that Lysa was dead. And I think that there's enough chaos going on because this was, of course, still when the, this whole thing of like the other lords of the Vale, you know, they're, you know, did, did Lysa really commit suicide? What's really going on there? Um, and I think that whole thing was still kind of in play. And this guard is thinking, who the hell are these jokers? Yeah. What do they want? And then, oh, oh, yeah. Arya Stark. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Thanks. Go away. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you can, you can never discount laziness and ineptitude. <laughs> right. And so that's kind of how I reconciled it in my head. But it also does seem like something that Littlefinger would normally be on top of. 
But at this, the other, the other hand though, everybody thinks Arya is dead. Mm-hmm. Everybody has written her off a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I, again, it's kind of like, why, why would anyone believe well, that it's her? And I wonder, you know, just speculating here, um, since everyone thinks Arya is dead because nobody's heard from her, how many people are going around saying, oh yeah, I'm Arya Stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you're like, a big um, house. You should feed me and clothe me and trying to, you know, pull a scam. Like the Anastasia thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although in this context, I'm not sure how appealing it would be. Just given the sort of people who would be looking for Arya, I'm not sure all of them would be. <laughs> but how much do common folk know about that stuff? Like they, they, yeah. they know the Starks are important. They know to stay mm-hmm. away from the Lannisters. But this is the veil. This is where her aunt is. Yeah. Surely they'll give me some food. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, but so anyway, uh, what we have with Littlefinger and uh, Sansa is that they're dropping Robin off, you know, to learn how to not whimper when he swings a sword. <laughs> um, and uh, but it it seems clear that that's all just kind of set up of saying, okay, we're ditching him because he's not going to be involved in what we our secret plans now. But we don't know. <laughs> they're toying with us. In this whole, it was like, well, where are we going? Oh, it's a secret. And because the thing is, like, they are they are out of book plot already. Like, yeah. they, those are com- those two characters are completely caught up. Mm-hmm. Also, I have a hard time believing that Peter wants Robin away from him. But I think the reason that is is because Sansa's not pretending to be his daughter anymore. Mm. Uh, well, she, it was it, yeah, ne- it was niece in the in the show. It was daughter in the book, though, wasn't it? I think I thought so. it was like bastard daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, but it, it he did Ellen say niece Stone, in the show. It was, yeah. But remember also, yeah, in yeah, because in the show though, she tells the other lords of the Vale who she is really. So I think for I think in public she's still kind of pretending, but um, there's more people who really know. Yeah, and but and do you really want to trust a kid if you're taking a road trip? Well, you no. definitely don't. And I think also, honestly, um, Littlefinger is not overly concerned with the kids' well-being. It's more like, we're going to go on a trip, and we can't leave him home by himself. So let's just ditch him with one of these guys and move yeah, on. You guys can turn him into a man for me. Yeah. So I think it's just that Littlefinger is just utterly uninterested in actually doing anything with Robin. He's got his other plans, and they can't have this kid tagging along. Mm. That's that's my take on that. Okay. It'll be interesting to see how he does. See how he does without his mom to hide behind. If he yeah. actually becomes something. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, and where the hell are they going? Somewhere Cersei can't get to you. Well, it's oh, also interesting me. just because in the show, like so in the books, it's played up much more that he is frail and sickly and has fits. Right, right. They haven't really shown that in the show. He seems, you know, pampered, but not necessarily sickly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, where are they going? Uh, we'll I have to see. Idea. So I think, you know, uh, our only characters that we haven't covered yet is is Brienne and Pod, right? Yep. Yep. Which is also off book. Yeah. Yeah. That that whole, I mean, you know, Brienne and Pod's storyline after leaving King's Landing has been completely different. Yeah. Which I have to say, especially after rewatching season four again, 
I love so much how that all came to a head with mm-hmm. Aria and the Hound and Brienne and Pod. That was totally different from the books, but I and loved it. I thought, why? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was so much better. I, I like it a lot better than the equivalent parts of the books. I agree. They feel so much, and I know I said this last season, they feel so much to me like Duncan Egg mm-hmm. in their travels. Um, although this part of her trying to get him to leave, it's like Arya throwing rocks at Nymeria. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I I don't remember that with Duncan Egg, but uh, yeah. I, I'm interested to see how this goes. I don't think Pod's going to leave her. No. Well, yeah, I, I don't think so. The um, Certainly not just based on her saying, I'm not your mother. Yeah. And that, that whole bit. But I, I like, you know, again, it's that whole dynamic of she keeps insisting that she's not a knight. And that means he's not a squire, but it, it becomes this thing where you're repeating it often enough. It's like, who are you trying to convince? Really? It's like, (laughs) you may not be officially a knight, but we know what's going on. We know it's the, you're the real deal here and and so you know in in every way but you know you know on paper he's a legit knight in my opinion he's got a quest and a magic sword and everything damn straight but yeah we'll just have to uh you know and of course let's see because we have no idea where they're going now because they're completely off book the carriage rolls by with sansa so so close yet so far away and now they're going away to who knows where so well, the other they really the don't thing, have any plot anymore. Just as far as plot, though, the only thing that I was a little confused by is given that their plan before they ran into Arya was to look for um, to look for Arya at the Eyrie because mm-hmm. because they got the the, the tip from uh, Hot Pie, right? Um, and Turn also theoretically, also looking for Sansa. So why would they? change course to go north before they have actually no, gone all the way as, to the Erie. As far as Hot Pie knew, they were going north to the wall because she had a brother there. So Arya was going north, Sansa. Right, but they're so close to the Erie. Why would they not just go all the way there before? Of course, I, I suppose, even if they showed up, what are they going to do? Yeah. They're going Because they're going to find Lysa dead and like, um, any of you guys know if Sansa Stark's around? Yeah, I think she's just so disillusioned at Arya not wanting her Yeah, that she's like, well, that's a lost cause. And she really thought Arya was at the air. I don't think she had any inkling that Sansa would be there. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think also the um, Brienne is just suffering from a crisis of confidence here, too. I think after Arya refusing her help, there's got to be this feeling of like, what am I even doing? Why did I even think that I could do this at all? And, and she's like, she'll need Pod to be her squire right. to bolster her up. And my only fear is that that's so fantasy tropey. <laughs> Martin going to screw us? Don't screw us on this one, Martin. Come on. Or actually, <laughs> this is not. This is Benioff and Weiss now, right? This yeah, is not even uh, Martin anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So come on, guys. So I do want to mention friend. that we did not see any of Arya. That's true. Although I she's in the preview for next time. Oh, I didn't watch the preview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I fully expect to see her next week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we see in the preview, just the little preview clip is we see that we will finally v- be visiting Dorne. Yep. Um, I, oh, I can't wait to see Dorne on the little opening credits. I want to, oh, I can't yeah. wait to get a new, uh, probably get the sun spear is my guess. I'm hoping. Um, 
Yeah. Um, so that'll be good. So it's, uh, it seems clear that what we get next time is we, we catch up with Arya and we'll finally get to visit Dorne and meet at least as far as I could tell Prince Doran and, uh, who is Oberyn's brother. And, uh, at least we, we see a couple of other women, although they're not named. So I'm not sure which ones they are. And I'm hoping for a particular set that just always sounded so beautiful in the books. Mm-hmm. Well, I have no doubt that the um, at least the plot line that involves Marcella, they've got to cover. So, yeah. So and it's been a while. We haven't seen Marcella since season two. If also- Tommen has been aged up so much, I'm sorry, Chooch. If Tommen's been aged up so much, how much older is Marcella going to be? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting because, uh, I mean, just as far as continuity, they kind of have to have her be, you know, not much. Like well, she's a few years older than Tommen, theoretically. But um, we'll have to see because it's certainly true that in the books she's still depicted as still more or less a, a kid, like she's eleven or something like that. I think because they like they they talk about her playing with one of the other kids that's there at the Sunspear. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, and it looked also we'll like there was a clip of a dragon looking over a city, so we may see what Drogon's been up to. Um, so Mike says, uh, I still think that Bran's getting the season off. We will see. I think, has that been confirmed? I think I, there were certainly rumors that he was just not going to be in the season at all. I think it's been confirmed, but I do like, I do like Mike's speculation. If anything, he'll show up in the finale. Yeah, I, I think that's that. possible. Yeah. When Sheriff Bullock's saying he's also Dr. Julian Bashir from DS9. Oberyn's brother. Doran, yeah. Oh, oh, the actor. Okay, I yeah, I didn't. Alexander Siddig, who is who I wanted to play the role. It's oh, like really? the first times I had a. I would really like to see this actor play this role, and it actually worked. Just based on some of the speculations that were coming out, because I don't think that they were going to cast somebody as old as I had pictured in my head. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to cast somebody, Alexander Siddig would be quite good. Yeah, Prince Doran is one of those characters from the books that I really never had a strong mental picture of. Mm. I pictured but, him pretty old, mostly because he's infirmed in the goiter. Yeah, and he had, well, it, he has gout, right? Gout, that was it, not goiter, gout. It was something with a G that old people get. <laughs> yeah, so he's not able to walk around very well in the books. Well, rich, we'll see. Rich uh, food in, in yeah, yeah. Yes. Doran, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I think we've pretty much recapped. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to run out early. Well, I think we're just about done anyway, right? Would it be possible to just jump to the ratings? That's what I was going to ask if, if you had a rating. Okay. Mm. So, all right. I'm going first. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not my favorite season opener. I think it's a pretty solid show. I feel like I wanted more Flash, but I know we didn't get the catch-up that we normally do at the end of last season. I'm trying to be fair. I'm going to give it seven and a half shits stuffed through a hole in a box out of ten. <laughs> he, he didn't finish one of them. There you mm. go. How about you, Christiana? Seven out of ten pathetic noises from a uh, Lord of the Vale. <laughs> 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 I'm going to give it uh, eight out of 10 spooning unsullied. Ooh, I like your rating. That's a good one. That's a really good one. My first one was multi-purpose crate holes. 
Like um, better than mine too. <laughs> it only just occurred to me that I think I promised that I was going to count deaths, uh-huh. um, which uh-huh. I didn't remember to do, but I think it's just one. It's just the unsullied, isn't it? Two. Did anybody else Mance. die? No, Mance. Mance, Mance. you're right. Yeah. Okay. So two of them. I didn't enter the survey. Yeah, neither did I. I totally forgot to set it up or do anything. <laughs> so we didn't have a survey. <laughs> For shame, Chooch. For shame. Yeah. We Sorry. all dropped the ball. Completely. <laughs> Individually <laughs> and as a group. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> all right. Well. Well, yeah. See, I remembered retroactively, at least. <laughs> so let's let's stick with the unnamed deaths for next episode, and we'll yeah, pick it up yeah, there, and I I'll actually so. create the survey. And yeah, mm-hmm. um, so go to specfictmedia.com slash btw to find the survey in by tomorrow ish. Yeah, for a couple of days. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to leave off on a sad note. I just wanted to say real quick. Um, obviously. And our ID3 art and everything, we still have PG front and center. He's still in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow would have been his birthday. Yeah. And, uh, so actually, didn't Google tell me it was today? Google's wrong. Google's wrong uh, I, I don't know. Tomorrow. Yeah, I know that I my my time hop, um, uh, which shows like our you know archived uh, tweets and so on, you know, popped up uh, I think yesterday with the one where I was saying. Just left a great birthday weekend with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, and one last oh. a rating from Sheriff Bullock: seven out of ten merciful arrows. That's, That's another good, good one. Reading. That's good. I one. like that. And so, uh, obviously, uh, our cumulative score is seven point five. Yeah. Until um, it gives us hers. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually just thought of another rating that would have been fun. Um, Seven out of ten seconds of creepy Melisandre stare. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Seven out of ten. Are you a virgin? <laughs> Good. Uh, one of the first things that it occurred to me that I decided not to use was eight um, marshmallows for the bonfire. Uh, that might be in bad taste. <laughs> All right, we better. Get and out on of here. that note, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. As we said, um, you'll be able to hit uh, specficmedia.com slash BTW to get info on the next episode. I'll put up the info for the survey so you can put in your guesses for how many named deaths will be on screen in the next episode. And uh, we'll catch you next Wednesday. And if anybody's got some cool memes, uh, just tag me and I'll include it in the meme roundup. It goes out every Saturday or Sunday. I've got a couple lined up for next week already. Beautiful. If you'd like to send feedback to Beyond the Wall, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. That's btw at s-p-e-c-f-i-c-m-e-d-i-a dot com. Or you could send us a voicemail at 704-315-5884. Or you can comment on the web. Go to specficmedia.com and there you'll find a shiny little button to click on that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 3.0, unported license. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it. <laughs>